0: Welcome to this episode of TechLink in Conversation. I'm Claire Trott, a Director at Technical Connection. During our conversations, we seek to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, our knowledge management tool for all things tax, trusts, pensions, and much more. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Eddie Grant, a Chartered Financial Planner and Director of Technical Connection, who leads our work on the value of advice with focus on better, vulnerable client outcomes. Hi, Eddie. How are you today?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Claire. It's, it's been an interesting six months Indeed. or so. It's nice to hear your voice. It's haven't seen you in person for some time now, but uh, yeah, very good. I'm I'm quite enjoying lockdown, but I'm probably quite unique in that.
0: I have to say, I, I'm not disliking it. Um, traveling into London was not one of my my greatest joys. So uh, being able to do all these things remotely, I think, has has proved a, a very good point. Um, I recently saw that you did travel into London um, and you were involved in the Boring Money Value of Advice research. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and its findings?
1: Absolutely. Yes, it was one of my uh, rare trips into London. I was delighted to catch up with uh, Holly Mackay from Boring Money um, and she uh, undertook some research which was both qualitative and quantitative research. So they interviewed 10,000 adults and also did some research with some advisors as well and what they were seeking to do was really look at the value of advice and they were able to look at it from the perspective of the last six months as well and so there were some definitely some interesting findings that came out. I think some of the the bits that they tried to look at was in relation to the sort of three key uh, client groups. So they looked at maturing families and affluent singles Um, so this is sort of an age group between 30 and 50 and uh, these individuals are people who really are not looking for advice but would probably seek it if something occurred so if there was some event something specific then they would perhaps uh, look at it. And one of the big reasons why they don't look for advice is they don't know what they don't know. Holly then looked at uh, the second group, which was the established investors. These are people in there between sort of 50 and 65. These are people who are generally sort of coming up to retirement and are reasonably confident with finances. And they they probably would want to use an advisor because they probably fear missing out. And that was very much a, a driver for them. And then the third group was the golden age group, which is the sort of 65 to 70 plus age group, people in retirement where they do have wealth and where they really want help is managing that income. They feel that they've got some you know, reasonable amount of money and the decisions are quite key for them because obviously they probably don't have enough time if things go wrong unlike the uh, the younger clients and they are very much looking at intergenerational planning as well and uh, helping the children through school you know grandchildren through school university and and obviously legacy and inheritance tax planning so those were those were the sort of key groups that holly holly looked at in terms of the the sort of research that came out very much looking at, as I said, the value of advice and and the themes that were coming out were around shared responsibility. And So what we saw was uh, people would seek an advisor's help uh, when an event happened. So as well as the ongoing review, retirement where perhaps there's a sort of a fear of getting it wrong, they want to work with uh, an advisor to help demystify the situation inheritance i'm receiving to a large sum of money really would like some help to understand what i should do with that money uh, obviously buying a property and we're seeing at the current moment there's a lot of property purchases uh, bereavements another area where people need help and advice really to sift through everything and to work through everything and to make sure that they they, they do all the, the things that they need to do and i suppose the other area is one of relationship breakdown and divorce, where where you know the complications of separating wealth is where where definitely people need need help and support.
0: It's a very interesting. Um, if no one's read it, I think it is it's definitely worth uh, a good read. Uh, one thing that's uh, I find of interest. Do you think technology is going to replace this face to face advice?
1: That's, that's a really good question because. What we've seen over the last sort of 10 years or so, especially with the growth of platforms, is um, the whole sort of uh, administration has become easier for the client. You know, the old days of uh, being on the phone, speaking to uh, a life office for many hours, holding on, um, you know, that that doesn't, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it certainly doesn't happen to the same extent because there's more technology to hand. And also clients themselves have more access to to information. I think what was really interesting that came out of the report is that whilst there's been, as Hollywood describe it, this sort of heavy lifting, the the real administration side of advice has has been taken over with technology. Um, what what the what the report and many reports previously really focus on is is the personalization the need for an advisor to be proactive. The need for the advisor to really move away from big meetings once a year to to more activity, more nudges, more help and support for the for the client, so that they can really take advantage of opportunities. So much more shorter meetings, and I think um, technology can absolutely help, and we definitely have seen that over the last six months or so. Um, there's definitely been a mind shift in in a way that not only advisors, but more importantly, clients feel towards technology. The number of clients that are using Zoom and Teams um, has probably surprised themselves, really, um, because what we're seeing is advisors now able to have shorter meetings advisors don't need to to get in the car and clients don't need to get in the car and drive for an hour to see their see their advisor Um, they can quite quickly have a five ten minute meeting Um, and also quite interesting is you can bring the wider family together and, and there's definitely been anecdotal evidence that says that families when it comes to financial planning you know, families who've never wanted to sit in the room and discuss the family money have actually come on a Zoom call and talked about the the needs of, of, of the family, in particular, the, the older members of the family. Um so so definitely using technology effectively, absolutely, um, but the need for personalization. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be face to face it should be when it's the right time to do it, but using technology and zoom and and teams' calls uh, to 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 have those shorter proactive meetings.
0: I think you're right. I think face to face has a completely different meaning now, because you can talk to somebody face to face and be 100, 200, 1000 miles away um, and still have that uh, personalized interaction because you can see them. And I think that makes a a real big difference to the client uh, when they can still see your face. And I think that's that's particularly, particularly interesting. Turning to uh, better vulnerable client outcomes, the FCA has published a series of consultations. What do you feel are the main themes that have come out of that?
1: Yes, I mean the the FCA definitely have got this on their radar, and we had in July of this year the latest consultation where the where, where the uh, consultation closed only last week. I mean the the, the key themes, uh, I suppose you know what what is the definition of vulnerability so the fca describe vulnerability as a vulnerable client is someone due to their personal circumstances is especially susceptible to harm particularly when a firm does not act with appropriate levels of care so so what what does that mean what are they trying to to sort of say i mean the first thing to say is that they have identified If you take the adult population, they feel that about 46% of the adult population, that's 24.1 million people, will have during their lifetime some element of vulnerability. And some of it may be permanent, um, but for the majority of people, it will be periods in their life where events happen, in particular that increase stress levels, that may lead to poor outcomes and uh, they look at really four key areas. The first one is around uh, health. Um, so obviously clients, as they get older, there are some issues, you have some also permanent uh, disabilities as well. But I think it's worth worth noting that, you know, the term vulnerability in certain circumstances really doesn't fit particularly well. Um, because if you think about disability, That you know, for many people who are disabled, that shouldn't really have any impact upon their ability to make a financial decision. But it's important for advisors really to understand the needs of every client. So it's more around sort of client assistance and and preempting possible issues. So the other areas as well as health, you have resilience. So a lot of emotional and financial shocks, especially in the last six months. And the FCA are, are very much wanting to review this period of time, and are, are putting many advisers on watch to say that we're going to come and we're going to we're going to review this period of time to see actually what happened. And they give a lot of examples of good and bad practice in their consultation, which is definitely worth looking at. The other area is around capability so people have low confidence or low knowledge which can be a particular issue when it comes to financial matters um also the and we've just talked about it the adoption of technology for some clients they have embraced technology and that's been brilliant for others it can actually be something that sort of cuts them out of the process because if if the only way you can engage is through online, then it becomes very difficult for that client. So thinking about how you communicate is, is really important. And then the, the sort of the other area is life events. So you think about the sort of current situation, you know, bereavement in families uh, has obviously impacted on too many families in the last six months. And it's not just the, the 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 client that may have died, but also the family around them. The implications of that, we're also going to see, uh, and we're seeing experiences around the world that relationships will break down, as we talked about in terms of the value of advice, um, and 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 that's also linked really closely to vulnerability as well makes a complex area when relationships break down especially as you know Claire with pensions it's a, it's a really difficult area and you need real, real expertise in, in pension matters and divorce and really understanding the client and the client needs really really important.
0: Would you think redundancy would fall into that area as well?
1: A- absolutely and you know we're starting to see some some significant numbers and I think you know, when we think about actions as well, if a client reduces contributions, for example, uh, you know, asking why that why that is on a, on a regular contribution and, and, and understanding that actually it may be as a result of some issue that's happened, maybe redundancy, maybe some some issue within the family. So really what the FCA are particularly interested in is, is how do we reduce these the these stresses of these situations? How do we help clients maybe avoid some of the some of the decisions that they make? Because under stress, clients' attitude to risk can change. It can go one of two ways: they become ultra conservative, which is understandable, and also sometimes they become reckless in their approach as well. So I think it's important to under to, to really see where we fit in in that situation. Um, but, But absolutely, you know, you know, the current COVID climate is definitely going to see an increase in vulnerability.
0: So what do you think advisors need to consider
1: at the moment? I think really what they should be considering is the communication that they have with their clients. Um, so so definitely we've seen over the last six months, a number of advisors saying that they have spent a lot of time simply communicating clients, in particular with those older clients as well, just checking in uh, and making sure that their network is, is supportive around them and also bringing the other family members into play and thinking about how we communicate as well. That's really important. I think um, from an advisor's point of view, the other the other areas around making sure uh, themselves and their, 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 their team are knowledgeable around vulnerabilities, thinking about the different vulnerabilities, thinking about risks. You can also, when you think about your business, uh, perhaps look at tools like the TISA tools. So TISA, they have a, a radar, vulnerability radar, which you can go on. It's free of charge. You go on. And you can assess your own business to see how you're doing in terms of vulnerability, and I think that's a really important uh, tool that can be used. Uh, so, so walking through the process how your client will walk through, I think, really, really important.
0: That's really interesting. Um, are there any other tools out there that advisors can use to uh, assess their business?
1: Not so much assess their business, but we're you know certainly we're starting to look at some tools where. You can assess the client, so 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 asking the client a series of questions, a bit like an attitude to risk. It's more like an attitude to vulnerability tool, where where you can work with the client to sort of, sort of gauge their vulnerability. Because I think one of the problems that that advisors have is if if I was to say to a client, "I think you're vul- I think you're a vulnerable client. A lot of clients may take that the wrong way, and and actually, what we're talking about is client assistance so so actually you know working with the client helping them to understand the issues uh, and in particular when we think about the current situation and scams that are going on at the moment a lot of people just don't realize that they're vulnerable to to, to, you know some of the scams that are out there once again whether it be pension scams, and you know you'll you'll know you know some of the stories that are out there on pensions but but actually these these um you know, these vulnerabilities are there, but clients don't always recognize that. So it's how do we help them do that?
0: Yeah, very important. As you say, I think uh, a lot of people just don't appreciate the scope of vulnerability. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of the things you've spoken about today just shows us how broad the the definition really is. Thanks for all that insight. We, we always like to leave listeners with three top tips. What would you say are your three top tips for a better vulnerable client outcomes?
1: So I think coming back to sort of some of the bits I've talked about, I would absolutely say communication is key. Um, Thinking about your communication, thinking about how you communicate with your client, is it appropriate to your client, Uh, is it digestible so that they understand, and and really tailoring your communication with your client in mind. And I think we're getting much better at that. And I know with the work we're doing uh, within Technical Connection, that we're seeing people, you know, really like videos. So uh, getting messages across, or podcasts like this one, getting messages across to clients in a way that's digestible that they can use, and 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 you know, the use of Zoom and everything else, really, really important. I would say the other sort of key areas around knowledgeable staff, making sure that you you and your team appreciate that uh, vulnerability is much, much, much broader. There's spectrums, there's, you know, issues around mental health. Um, So it's a much broader issue than perhaps just an old client, which I think sometimes it's easy to sort of fall into that definition. So so it's really understanding it, working with charities as well. So, you know, the charity sector, which has been under real strain, I was talking to a major charity yesterday, you know, they're, they're having some real Uh, issues at the moment and actually what they have is a huge amount of expertise and so one of the things that we're doing is we're looking at working with some charities to get them to help us explain some of the issues that relate to some of the vulnerabilities that they're experts on and I would have thought the the sort of the, the the third area is around your processes so think about your processes think about how accessible they are Think about what, what, what would you do if a client had a vulnerability How, what, what is your process? what is the way that you would deal with it? and I think that's really, really important to, to think about that uh, and it's not just an audit trail, it's because these situations will occur, and it's good to have you know a plan before they actually occur.
0: And I know you're a big fan of Desert Island discs, so i'm going to put you on the spot uh, yep. so if you could only choose one of the three top tips, which one should you focus on
1: It's got to be communication so I think the you know the last six months what is it what has it told me from anecdotal evidence is that uh, the advisor that is talking to their client that is reassuring their client comes back to the value of advice as well the, the, the reassuring them, helping them guiding them keeping in touch that's got to be the best way to demonstrate value but also to to achieve better vulnerable client outcomes
0: thank you for your time today eddie that was absolutely brilliant and uh, i think i've i've even learned some things which is uh, always a bonus
1: thanks a lot claire it's lovely to catch up with you
0: The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned on as a result of any such action or inaction.